Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. I think we're finally ready. <laughs> uh, we're doing it. As you may have noticed, if you've been here before, we're, we've got rid of the screen on the floor, uh, which is it's helpful for those who are watching online to have the screen up close, but hopefully you'll be able to see what's on the screen well enough with the projector and the uh, camera where it's positioned. And uh, hopefully also for you folks, it will, it will mean that you're not, if you're especially at the front, having to do one of these around the screen, because I've, I've seen you. Uh, so uh, it's great to be gathered together today. Let's open with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are gathered together to worship you, to praise you. Father, would you speak to us today? Would your presence be amongst us? Would you draw us closer to you and to one another? We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Call the worship this morning is Psalm 116, verses 1 to 7. Response reading, you'll read the part in hell. I love the Lord, for you heard my voice. You heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me. The doors of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. And I called on the name of the Lord. The Lord saved me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is slow of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. Return to your rest, my soul. For the Lord has given you. First Tim this morning is number 410, standing on the promises. Please sing along.
feel like I'm really high up and far away. <laughs> so we come to our time of announcements uh, for this week. We have Elsie Kraft's birthday coming up on November 4th. Happy birthday this week. And our Living Out Faith study will carry on this week as we look at the courage of Moses and Rahab. That will be on Thursday morning at 10 o'clock. Uh, next Sunday morning, we're going to be finishing up our look at the blessings of the patriarchs. And we are called to give to God. And giving is an act of love. It's our love for God and our love for one another that calls us to give. And Paul writes, I will show you the most excellent way, which is of love. So let's take a moment and pray and give thanks to God for the way that we express our love through our tithes and through our offerings. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have a part to play in building the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you for the tithes and the offerings that have been given and are going to be given. Father, we ask that you would bless them. Help us to be good stewards of all that you have given us. Our time, our talents, and our treasure. For we know that it all comes from you. Make us generous givers, we pray. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we come to our time of praying together today, uh, are there any updates on anybody that we've been praying for? And uh, are there any praise items today? So, either, what would you like us to be praying about today? Kendall's getting better every day. Kendall's getting better every day. We'll pray. We've been forward every day. Good, a little bit more improvement. We've been praying for Kendall for a while now. And uh, so that's great. We're glad to hear that she's coming along well. If you're not sure about what's happening with Kendall, she is the Carson's granddaughter, and she had surgery uh, for uh, stretching her Achilles tendon, and so she is still in cast, though, yes. Adam, right? Yeah. And so she's coming along. So that's good. And she's only 12. Yes. So. Any other praise items or anything that you would like us to be praying for today? Or any updates on people we've been praying for? Star graduated last week with her master's. Wonderful. Yes, Star Mudge graduated with her master's last week. That's wonderful. So a little bit of grandma pride there for Betty. Thank you for sharing with us. That's awesome. Uh, we're very happy for her as well. And she wasn't able to have a, a normal school graduation, but they had a party at their place. And so that was, it was neat. I saw pictures of that. I did get into visit Lloyd and Alma Anderson and had a nice visit with Lloyd. His strength is coming along. He's able to do a little bit more walking, which is important. Uh, he still has the, the drain tube, so he had that updated and, and replaced just recently. But uh, he certainly appreciates any calls or any visits that he gets, um, especially the phone calls. He's not got a lot of strength, but it's coming. So he appreciates the prayers too. Anybody else? I know some of you are probably grateful and praising God that I didn't dress up for Halloween. But <laughs> 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 I have a lot of costumes. Like, it happen. And I did think about it when Teresa mentioned it at Bible study. <laughs> well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. 
We thank you for who you are, for all that you do. You are the great and awesome God, our mighty creator who has created everything in the world and the universe. You are powerful. You are majestic. And yet, you notice us. You care about us. And you love us. And we are grateful. We praise you for the good news for Kendall as she continues to heal. And Father, we pray that we continue to help her as she gets around with her tasks. And just care for her and bring her the healing she needs. Father, we thank you for Lloyd's strength growing and ask you to continue to pour out your, your healing in his life too. Father, we remember those who continue to need your presence, your healing, your touch. Father, we begin with ourselves. Look deeply into our hearts, into our lives, and our places there that, that are not right with you. So we pray that you would make them right. Light up the darkness in our lives. Forgive us for times when we have not represented you well. For times when we have failed. Grant us the healing we need. And make us more like Jesus. We lift up our friends and family, Father. We thank you for the wonderful news and the successful completion of STARS Masters program. Father, bless her as she seeks to serve others. Father, we continue to lift up those in, that need your hand, your healing. Father, would you be with Albert Hardeman battling cancer? Angela Mutri suffering the effects of stroke. Kim McKibben as she continues to go through cancer treatment. Dave Callahan with his medical challenges. Steve Kelk as he battles cancer. June Chambers with her medical challenges. Marlene Clements as she's wrestling with, at times, the grief that she has of being a widow. Jack and Audrey Bullen with their health challenges. Roger Sandin as he needs healing. Father, we also lift up David Watson. His medical challenges. Father, there are others. If we are honest and truly looked around, we could spend our entire day praying for others. But in this moment, we just lift them to you. 
Father, would you continue to bless our sister churches of First Baptist Delhi and their pastor Kevin? Father, also the Eden Baptist Church. And for all those who worship you today, for those who do so and risk their lives to do so, we pray for protection. And we thank you for the blessing that we have and the freedom we have in this country to worship you openly. We ask that listen in Jesus' name. Amen. We're now going to sing together, My Hope is in the Lord, which is found in number 540 in your hymnals. My Hope is in the Lord.
and the stars another, and star differs from star in splendor. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead? The body that is sown is perishable, it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown in natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man Adam became a living being, the last Adam a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, the second man was of heaven. As what was the earth, earthly man, so are those who are of the earth, and as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Elijah from his protege Elisha. 
And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. How great an accident is that? <laughs> you want to impress somebody, go up like this. That would be the amazing way to do it, right? The blaze of glory. <laughs> but what do we do with that? I remember my own grandparents when they passed away. My, of course, there's, we've talked about Bliss and Kay there. And Bliss went several years before Kay did. And it was weird. It was, I guess, one of the closest first deaths that I had experienced in our family. And I, we went to the church. We had a nice service. It was all really uplifting and positive. I don't remember if anyone gave eulogies. I don't remember those details. But I remember that there was this kind of really positive spirit and this idea that they're going home to be with the Lord. My grandfather was in his 80s. Uh, well into his 80s, and so um, the, he was feeling good about, you know, having lived a, a good long life. His wife, Kay, she felt that way as well, and as Christians, they had this hope in the Lord, and the entire service was about that. But you know, there's still something there. You know, is it all... As Christians, should we just be all happy and positive and joyful and say, hey, they get to go home and see Jesus and no negative, all positive. Is that what it should be like for us as Christians? I sometimes wonder, what should we think? Or how should we feel? Because the facts are, when I have faced death, when I have either lost somebody that I'm close to or have led in a service and have cared for others who have lost somebody close to them, that we often feel that at least dismayed. We feel disconnected. And maybe, a great word, discombobulated. Right? Like something's just off. Something is, something is out. Something is not right. What is the right response? What is, how are we supposed to feel? And the ancients had this idea of how the existence of the whole cosmos was um, phenomenological. So that means what you see is what you get. So they would think that this is how the universe was. We have the earth, the horizon, lakes, rivers, mountains, trees, all this stuff that we can access. That's where people live. Then the sky above, the heavens, somewhere up there is where God is. And then you put people in the ground. And so the place of the dead is somehow below us, beneath us. Your belongings. 
35 to 43. I'm going to get my glasses up so I can actually read the right words to you. <laughs> then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. Actually, I should say it's 24. We're going to skip down now to 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid. Just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him. And he went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talibakum, which means, Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to meet. Jesus is so practical. There's all of these whalers um, in the Jewish culture, they would actually hire people that would come in and be professional mourners to make a big racket. They knew this girl was dead. Jesus said she's not dead, she's just asleep. Because he is the one that can wake us from the sleep of death. Let's take a look at another story. The widow's son found in Luke 7. Look with me if you will. And we'll take another look at what Jesus does in the face of death. Luke 7, verses 11 to 16. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bier. They were carrying him on. And the bearer stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. Kind of like the words he said to the little girl. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, he said. God has come to help his people. His heart went out to her. Jesus cares about death. 
maybe we think because Jesus is powerful and he can just raise anybody that it wouldn't matter. But it mattered to Jesus. It matters to him. I know this story that is pretty famous to us all is found in John 11. And this is Jesus facing the loss of Lazarus and reacting to his death. Turn with me, if you will, to John 11. And we're going to start at verse 17 and read 24. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of her brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Pretty broad hint, right? Jesus said, where your brother will rise again, Martha answered, I know you will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Martha showed faith. She showed that Jesus had told her about the resurrection that would happen at the end, that she was aware of that. And then Jesus said something to her. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Is death the end? Death is not the end. Because we know how this story ends, don't we? Jesus went to the tomb. He asked where Lazarus was. And what did Jesus do? Did he, he laugh and say, oh, I got this? No, in that moment, Jesus wept. Jesus cares. This is not God's plan. God's plan was in the Garden of Eden and the Tree of Life where people would live forever. But because of sin and rebellion, death came into the world. But Jesus triumphed over death. And so he called out a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! Brought back to life. So here's the question. We all probably wonder about it. What happens to us when we die? You know, the Bible seems to sort of say different things. At different times, it might be a little bit confusing. Do we, do we sleep? Is there a kind of a limbo place that we go to and head out? Uh, play cards until the judgment? I'm not sure. Well, that was, sorry, Baptist Church. Um, play rook until we get out? Um, what do we do? What happens to us? Well, let's turn to the Bible. Let's look at Samuel. Samuel died. But he couldn't be left in peace, could he? 1 Samuel 28, we're going to look at that, verses 11 to 15, where Saul does something that he really shouldn't have. King Saul. He had banished all the spiritists and the mediums from the land all those who practice magic art. 
And yet, God had turned his back on Saul. And so, 1 Samuel chapter 28, he went and he insulted this woman. 1 Samuel 28, starting at verse 11. And the woman asked, Whom shall I bring up for you? Bring up Samuel, she said. Bring him up from the dead. Then when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out at the top of her voice and said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, Don't be afraid. What do you see? I see a ghostly figure coming up out of the earth. What does he look like? He asked. An old man wearing a robe is coming up, she said. Then Saul knew it was Samuel, and he bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Great stuff for Halloween to talk about, right? <laughs> Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Samuel was in some state. Death is not the end. We just don't die and then there's no more. There is some sort of holding pattern that is happening for some, it would seem. And then we have the amazing story of Moses and Elijah appearing to Jesus in the Transfiguration. Let's take a look at Matthew 17. Look with me. The Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 17, verses 1 to 3. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Talking with Jesus. What happens to us when we die? Well, it seems like some have work to do still. And this is fascinating to me. How about the criminal that's on the cross? He spoke to Jesus, and Jesus spoke to him. The one criminal was saying terrible things, but the other criminal has something else to say. Let's take a look now at Luke 23, 39 to 43. We're going to get you real familiar with your Bibles today. Luke chapter 23, starting at verse 39. One of the criminals who hung there on his cross uh, hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, Today you will be with me in 
paradise. What happens to us after we die? Do we sleep in the dust of the earth as the Old Testament often talks about? Are we in paradise with Christ if we trust in Him? And what is it like anyways? Well, Jesus told His disciples that when He left them, He was going to do something important for them. He was going to do some work. John 14, 1 3. Some of you might know where we're going with this one. Jesus had plans, didn't he? John 14, verses 1 to 3. Jesus had just been talking to his disciples about his upcoming death. And he said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? That's what he was going to do. I'm going to prepare a place for you. You can be welcomed here. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Amazing. What will happen after we die if our trust is in Christ? We will be with Him. We will be with Him. And then our passage today that Scott read for us talks about resurrection. Now we're going to flip over to 1 Corinthians 15. Our passage that we have read for us today. Looking at verses 42 to 44 once more. First Corinthians chapter 15, starting at verse 42. And in here Paul talks about the different kinds of bodies. He does a little bit of a, a carnivore's lesson, first of all. You know, fish have one kind of meat, and you know, animals have another kind of meat, and birds have another kind of meat, and they they must have known something about human anatomy because they said people have a different kind of meat. <laughs> Well, body. <laughs> Interesting. We all have different kinds of bodies, but the body that we have is not the body we will have forever. Did I hear an amen? <laughs> <laughs> right? There are aches and pains sometimes in my left knee. I'm just thinking I just sort of chop off about here. Um, we will have new bodies. All right. Verse 42. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. Can you attest to that today that our bodies are perishable? Uh-huh. But it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. And I don't think that like some other religions would tell us that we're just this disembodied spirits that float around, that we will have new bodies. And we will have renewed bodies. As God read for us, he said, we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In other words, some of us will still 
still be alive when Jesus returns, possibly. That's always been true. At some point, Jesus will come back, and some believers will still be alive, but they will be changed. When he talks about sleep, he's talking about that euphemism for death. Some of us will be asleep, but we will all be changed. It also never fails to amuse me when I see this on the door of a church nursery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. <laughs> <laughs> and so Paul says that what will happen is the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. And so the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. And this saying comes from Isaiah 25. 6 to 8. Let's turn over to Isaiah 25. I'm looking at verses 6 to 8. Isaiah is in the Old Testament. Because this is an exciting passage to me. This passage tells us about what it will be like when Jesus returns. Isaiah 25, verses 6 to 8. We're only going to read part of it, verse 8. It talks about the mountain of the Lord. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all people. A banquet mm, yummy. of aged wine, the best meats and the finest of wines. And I'm sure he meant chocolate there too, but it doesn't say it. Um, on this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all people. What's a shroud? Cover. What does it cover? Dead bodies. Gone. The shroud that enfolds all people. The sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. Amen. A fantastic news. A wonderful news. That death will be done. There will be no more dying when Jesus returns. Death will be gone. This is one of my favorite passages. If you've ever heard me speak at a uh, funeral, you will know that I will refer, guaranteed, to 1 Thessalonians 4. Let's turn there. Because this is the hope, this is the good news that we have in Christ. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 to 18. Thessalonians 4, starting at verse 13. <coughs> Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you don't agree like the rest of mankind who have no hope. We have hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not receive those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command of the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive, 
and our laughs will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Have you faced death? Have you wondered what will happen? This is what will happen. Whether we get to stay doing jobs, whether we are in some sort of sleep state, we will see Jesus. Jesus will come back for us as he promised to his disciples. Yeah. We might want to try and paint it all as good news. But there's something important that happens when Jesus returns in the end. And the first thing is his judgment. We'll see that with turn to Revelation 20, the end of your Bible, last chapter, last book of the Bible. And take a look at verses 11 to 15. Because everyone, good or bad, the righteous and the unrighteous, the godly and the wicked, are still waiting till this point, for the day of judgment. <laughs> then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, the earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The men were judged according to what they had done, as, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged According to what they had done, there is judgment. And you can choose to live by accepting Jesus' sacrifice for you. You can choose to have Jesus' righteousness declare you righteous before God. Or you can choose to hope, like heck, that your good deeds are going to be good enough for God and have bad news for you. It's simple black and white. Have you trusted in Jesus or not? Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Some are waiting for a terrible end. Some of us are waiting for the restoration. That Jesus will bring. Flip over to chapter 21, verses 1 to 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look! God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. 
with a softener. Death is not the end. It is not just that you die and you, that's it. There's something else that's going to happen. Now what we see in the Bible, I have to confess at times it may seem kind of unclear. Well, I have work to do. Will I just get to have a long sleep? Because, gosh, I could really use a long sleep. <laughs> Maybe it's even unknowable all the little details of what will happen to us. But I tell you, I'm unconcerned. Because I know that I have trusted in Jesus Christ for my salvation. I have trusted in Him for eternal life. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's Jesus. That is the way to life, to life eternal. And so whether we live or die, we can rest in Him. And maybe one day we'll wake up after a long sleep to see Him face to face. Won't that be amazing? Let's pray. Oh Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for all that you have done for us. You have given us your righteousness in exchange for our sinfulness. You died on the cross and you paid for our sins to set us free from the power of sin and death. You have promised us a new home, new bodies, and so much good stuff. How could we keep this to ourselves? Father, grant us the courage to share the good news with others. And would you open their ears and their hearts to receive the good news of Jesus Christ, that we may spend eternity together. Thank you for this incredible gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I think we have a lot to rejoice over with that message. So we're going to sing together number 370, Rejoice, the Lord is King.
respond to death. There is separation. It's okay to be sad. It doesn't tell us not to grieve. Just as those don't grieve like those who don't have hope. Because we have hope that is found in Jesus Christ. The one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he has given us life. And life to the full. Life everlasting. So go forth from this place in the life that is found in Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.